0: The Accelerator Podcast is here. I'm your host on tap, Monty King, inviting you to leave ordinary in the dust. Every next level of our lives demands a better version of ourselves. Our guests will inspire you to close the gap. What doesn't happen by design happens by default, so the content on tap is created for listeners to learn and grow. Visit us online at whatsontap.tv or find us on your favorite podcast platform. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, tap five stars and drop us a review. Hit the notification bell to never miss an episode and share your favorites to help others outrun the status quo. Let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Accelerator Podcast. I'm your host, Monty King, uh, and today we've got Jason Cuba on tap. Uh, Jason is a benefits advisor with the Miller Group. And the best way I can explain Jason is if if you take Mr. Miyagi's wisdom and Danny LaRusso's youthfulness and good looks and smash (laughs) them together and then drop them in the insurance universe, you would basically have the Karate Kid of employee benefits. Uh, and, And that's, that's how I would describe Jason. And, and all the other brokers are uh, just Johnny from Cobra Kai. Like, they're just terrible. So. Uh, but uh, anyhow, today, uh, Jason and I, we're, we're going to be talking about how mental health and wellness impacts or or yeah, impacts more than just your insurance rate. Uh, but before we get started, Jason, if you don't mind, in your own words, could you describe to everyone what it is that you do and, and the results you get?
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, first, thanks for having me. Uh, I've been really excited to do this. And uh, more importantly, thanks for those amazing words. I don't think I've ever been described that way. So my ego is definitely boosted this morning. Yeah, so I am an employee benefits advisor, and my job is to help develop and deploy strategy around how best to deliver an employee benefits program to an organization and its employees. Um, And in today's world, we have to be having conversations around more than just benefits, right? We need to be talking about the overall well-being of your employees and how that can impact, as you said, more than just your insurance rates. Uh, we need to start taking a look at things from an organizational standpoint um, so we can't be as siloed as we had been in the past. So um, that's where I like to play and that's where um, we've we've found a lot of success and that's more importantly where we've developed a lot of our partnerships.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, I, I'm excited about this one as well. And again, you know, we're primarily speaking or we're going to speak today about driving and being over the road and and you know, the mental health and wellness for for truck drivers. But uh, this could kind of I mean, this could apply to any and everyone, no matter what your position in a company is, just the whole labor force uh, across the country. So um, just so everyone keeps that in mind as well. But uh, but yeah, Jason. So so talk to us a little bit more about um, the the mental health and wellness aspect and how you tie that into your insurance programs for the benefit side.
1: Yeah. So you know, first let's some 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 numbers, some stats for you. Okay. I mean, mental health and wellness really got sh- kind of shoved into the spotlight during COVID. Um, I mean, we were dealing with folks that were in isolation. Uh, you know, really had been cut off from the outside world. I mean, we can video chat all day, right? But we're physical people. We need we need to touch and hug and laugh with, with our family and friends. So that really caused a lot of problems for people. So before pandemic, depression had been reported uh, at about 8.5% of the population. Um, and then early pandemic, kind of early into that lockdown stage, you know, we saw those numbers increase to about 27, almost 28%. And then uh, as of April 2001, what had been reported was almost 33% of our our American people reported uh, feelings of depression. That's a significant jump in a year's time or, or, I mean, even if you want to say a a two year's time. Um, So um, it has affected people in a drastic way. And some employer groups may say, well, hey, you know, what does that do to me? Uh, How does that affect my organization? And uh, we can look at this a couple different ways because we're not just talking about the employee themselves. We're talking about their spouses, their partners, uh, their children. Um, I mean, all of us were impacted by this. (coughs) Excuse me. So if you have somebody who if you have an employee who they themselves are struggling or dealing with a mental health issue, depression, right, is the one I just I just brought up. How difficult is it for that person to even show up for work, right? Monty, you and I have had plenty of conversations where we talk about a struggling labor force and just struggling to find quality people. But what happens if you have a quality person who isn't able to even get out of bed or or maybe they do show up to work, but they're just not in the game, right? So those are the types of conversations that we have to be having. And it's it's more about how do we help that person? Um, I mean, these are our, our neighbors, right? They're our friends. They're it's it's my it's our dads, it's our moms, it's our kids. How do we help them, and what can you, as an employer, do to help them rebound as a person, but also get back to a productive state to to further propel the mission of the organization?
0: Yeah, I love that too. the 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 result is to to get them to rebound. I love that description. And you know, a lot of times. Um, in the transportation industry, the phrase burnout is becoming more and more prevalent. Um, specifically, driver burnout. Um, you know, on the road, it's it can be lonely, right? Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes you may not have a lot of um, opportunity uh, to tell if a driver has anxiety or depression, or um, you know, is is struggling with things, even from diet changes you know in their appetite exercise i mean that's all really really difficult to do the more and the more you're on the road and the longer you're on the road
1: yeah and that's where we really you know when we talk start tying in things like diet or nutrition or financial uh, health or emotional or even mm-hmm. spiritual health right so You know, in the past, I'll say, you know, 15 years ago, wellness was, hey, we, me, the employer, I'm going to give you the employee uh, a monthly stipend for a gym, or we've partnered with these gyms, you're gonna get a free gym membership, go work out. And even though we saw results from that. It didn't it didn't achieve what we really wanted to achieve, which was a well person of a complete well person. So we have to start thinking about the person from a holistic point of view, Um, and especially for individuals who are are who spend a lot of time alone on the road. Like you had mentioned with truckers, if they're long haul truckers, if they're just payload truckers, um, they're in a cab by themselves. 98% of the time, right? So what do we do as an employer group, again, to deliver resources? Hear me say, I am not a doctor. I'm not a clinician. I'm not a licensed psychologist. My job is not to deliver uh, therapy or so, you know solutions for mental health for that particular individual. My job is to give the employer group tools and resources that they can deliver to their employees so that they can find those individuals, so that they can find a licensed dietitian, so that they can find a psychiatrist. If they're struggling with substance abuse, they can find a substance abuse center or a behavioral mental health center to help, help them deal with those issues. And again, it's not just that individual. It's the people that they touch as well. If, if my wife is at home and she's struggling with depression, I can guarantee you that me sitting in this chair as an insurance professional, I'm still going to be distracted and worried about my wife at home. I have a high, I have, I have a high school son right now. And, um, Interesting statistic here: forty um, percent of high school students reported persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness. Okay, um, and thirty-six, an increase uh, of thirty-six percent of those high school students um, seriously considered suicide. If I have, a, if I have a son, my son who is in high school, is a freshman in high school. If he is struggling with mental health, that's where my mind immediately goes, and I can promise you, I'm not worried about the next deal. The next client the next pro the next prospect i'm worried about my kid so again how do we deliver resources to to the employee to help their family navigate those challenging times um right again we have to treat the person we can't just treat their physical well-being anymore
0: so so to be able to make to make an impact on um an employee benefits program you actually have to drill down as far as the individual employee and start there to build the foundation to strengthen the overall program. Is that, am I hearing that? Yes.
1: Right? Yeah, it's a hundred percent correct. Um, it's interesting. I mean, Monty, you and I sit in a, in a sales coaching class every other Friday and I've been saying this for the last few years, but my philosophy, when I sit down with any group before I start working with them is if you're looking to provide benefits, just to check a compliance box, I'm not the broker for you. I I cannot do that. I have to partner with companies and people that are there to enrich and enhance the employee's life and their family, because the decisions that we're about to make as a partner are gonna have a direct impact on your employee today, tomorrow, for the next two years. So I need to have a partner that's invested in their people and helping their people. So you're absolutely right. We have to drill down to the employee and how do we get that employee the help the resources, the services that they need to be a better person or to have a, you know, have a, 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 a better experience with their health care program because we hear it all the time in my health care sucks. Well, okay, let's, let's start out here, right? Where does it suck? And let's, let's dive in and help you out.
0: So does, you know, my question is, does it suck because you don't give a rip about your employees? <laughs> or doesn't suck because you don't know what you don't know, right? And I guess that's yep. what you identify uh, in, yep. in the process.
1: Yeah. And more times than not, it's an indirect correlation, right? Um, you've got high costs, and so how do we how do we keep our costs down? Well, we're going to shift our our, our contribution. So me as the employer, I'm not going to give as much money to the plan. So my employees are going to have to pay more. Well, and how I did that was I had to reduce the benefit. Right, so now my deductible has skyrocketed, my out-of-pocket has skyrocketed, and my my premium as an employee has skyrocketed. So it's, it's managing both things simultaneously, right? Now, I'm not a magician, I can't solve everything day one but we have to have a multi-year plan and we have to start with, with wellness. We have to start with pharmacy. Um, those are the two big components, right? I mean, if we can treat the person and we can get them you know, low costing drugs, fantastic, but what does that mean for the plan? Well, now the plan, right, is able to save money. We have better experience because we don't have folks that are out, you know, due to illness that aren't checked into a facility that aren't in a hospital. So that's helping our experience. Um, And in your world, Monty, if I have a distracted employee who runs off the side of the road or, God forbid, is in in a terrible accident, what does that do to my work comp? right? What does that do to, uh, to my auto rates? I mean, so we have a lot of different ways that we can look at this and how, how just the mental piece can impact the insurance program, but also, right, like we talked about, how is it impacting the employee?
0: So if someone is, is participating in your multi-year program, they're on track, um, how does it, how do you show how the needle is getting moved? What's moving the needle Uh, And and how do you get the results? What are those results from day one to year three, year four, year five?
1: Yeah, so that's a a really interesting question Um, because everybody's going to jump to cost, right? Well, you know, my cost went up or my cost went down, whatever it is. That's the first place people look at. I don't look at that. What I look at is employee engagement. So if my wellness program only starts out with five people, Um, you know, let's say January 1, because that's a renewal date, starts out with five people. But I look back at it midway through the year in June, and I've now have 20 people or 30 people signed up and are actively participating. What that tells me is those first five people walked out into the shop. They talked about their experience. They talked about how it helped them, how it helped their wife, how it helped their kids or their husband, whoever. And somebody else heard that message and was like, maybe I ought to take a look at this. And then they started talking about it. and And it just kind of blossoms. That's how I gauge the success of a wellness program is, are we seeing increased participation? Because more times than not, man, it's the water cooler talk that gets people going, right? When I come in the office on Monday morning and I'm like, hey, man, I went and saw Creed 3 on Friday. It It was a great movie. And then on Wednesday, I've got five buddies coming up to me and saying, oh, my gosh, I thought it was incredible. That's the kind of impact that one person can have. So again, that's why we have to drill down to the individual employee to drive those results.
0: How do you um, present the results in a way that will um, help control the rate uh, for that they're, they're the cost, the insurance spend, if you will?
1: really good question so you know we you and i would use the term cosine narrative uh the average uh you know everyday person don't doesn't know what that is so we as your broker have to tell a story to the underwriter whether you're on the property and casualty side or the benefit side right so we have to tell a story so part of our job is to take those results coupled with all of the other data and and information that we have on that particular group Excuse me. We take those those results and we go to the underwriter and we tell a story. We say, hey, here's what we're doing from a risk management or a risk mitigation strategy. Here's the results that we've seen from just the wellness program. Right. We've caught a pre-diabetic we we actually had to stop a um a a a bio screening because somebody had enzymes that would indicate a heart attack uh we we were able to identify chronic conditions that otherwise had gone untreated so we've helped save the the plan x amount of money or we've helped head off these you know potential spike or event claims right so the way i like to think of it is uh Monty, you and I, right, as we're growing up and everybody out there as you're growing up, we all did this. Uh, you know, you want your your friend to stay the night, but you know that if you were to go ask your mom, hey, can can Billy stay the night? She's gonna shut it down. Absolutely not. I don't want Billy at my house till nine o'clock or ten o'clock in the morning. You guys are gonna be up late. So me, right, the slick kid that I am, gonna go to Billy and be like, Hey man, I want you to go. I want you to talk to my mom, and here's what I want you to say. And I want you to tell. I want you to ask her to stay the night because my mom's not gonna. My mom's not gonna deny Billy. She'll deny me, but she's not gonna shoot down Billy. It's the exact same thing, you know. Bill, uh, me as the as the employer group, it's difficult to go to the carrier or the underwriter and ask for for rate reductions or for rate relief or to tell that story. So that's why we partner with brokers, right? That's why you and I are Billy. And we go ask the carrier and the TPA, and we go tell that story and say, hey, this is why we want to stay the night. Hey, this is why we need the rate relief. This is why we need the reduction. Here's all of the strategies that we've put in place to help manage the program better.
0: That's because mom or dad, the last thing they want to do is hurt your friend's feelings.
1: <laughs> exactly. So They're to exactly.
0: become aware, and it's just going to be a
1: nightmare. So, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All-
0: Awesome. Well, I, I would love to have you back again, and maybe we can dig a little bit deeper into that. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I want to enter into a session that I call the Tap Five. Okay. And this is where, in one word or one sentence, I ask you five different questions, and you respond to whatever first comes to your mind.
1: Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so get no, I'm yeah, ready.
0: I'm so, ready. So we'll we'll start out with some easy ones first, All right. So. What is the worst employee benefits advice that you have ever heard or received?
1: Oh boy um, the worst advice I've heard or received I would have to say um, uh, that 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 um, that the employees uh that that if they if they're deductible or their out-of-pocket increases it's not going to matter doesn't matter to the employee Mm -hmm. um and again right i always go back to um i have to my job is to help the employee experience um and Unfortunately, there are times where that's necessary. But when I'm sitting across from a prospect, which this was, and they're preemptively telling me I'm going to raise the deductible and the out-of-pocket max because it's not going to matter to the employee, that's a red flag to me. Uh, that has to be the worst uh, advice that I've actually witnessed um, from from an employee or an employer, an owner of the business.
0: Okay, so the second one is like it, but what is the best advice you've ever heard or received regarding employee benefits?
1: So it wasn't necessarily advice. Um, it was actually the call I was on right before this, this, uh, this meeting. Um, I, have, I have a new partner, uh, you know, a, a new group down in Florida, great company. They're in the foster care space, love the work that they do. And so we had our team kickoff call. And we're, you know, I introduce our team. We inter- we meet more members of their team, and the engagement from them, the passion really came through on that call, and that to me was amazing because I sit on these kickoff calls often, and it's I'm not saying that they're not interested or passionate, but. There's no life. There's no passion in it, right? It's just like, here's what we've done. Here's our expectations. Like, they were so concerned about the well-being of their employee. I ate it up. I loved it. Actually, I actually told them. I stopped me meeting. I was like, I love this. I love the engagement. I love the participation. You guys are, are because you're in this mindset, you're going to do well with your program. So that's a great experience, not advice necessarily.
0: No, that that's fantastic because it makes all the difference. Um, it does. The board, so that's great. All right, so I'm, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Um, who did you see for your first ever live concert?
1: Rascal Flats <laughs> I was, uh, I, yeah, so I went to school at K-State, uh, Go Cats, and in Manhattan every summer, there's a big uh, festival called Country Stampede. Um, the, I mean, like the whole town of Manhattan, the whole city of Manhattan descends on this festival and um so i went out i think it was uh friday spent the day in the camps you know doing what college kids do and and um my fiance at the time uh my 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 ex my, my boys' mom she drugged me to the rascal flats concert because she loved rascal flats so that was the first concert i'd ever been to um so yeah.
0: <laughs> so what's your favorite Rascal Flatts song? Is there one out there? Or, or-
1: um, it' so I, it, there's one, and it it's not because I love the song or anything like that. It's because it's the only song that when we played it, my oldest would stop crying when he was a baby, and that was uh, "God Bless the Broken Roads." Um, yeah. So you know that kind of gives you an insight into uh, what his mom was listening to while she was pregnant <laughs> with him. Um, <laughs> huge Rascal Flatts yeah. fan at that point in time. (laughs)
0: okay so uh, number four what is your hidden talent
1: hidden talent um man i don't know if i have any hidden talents um I don't know. I have a really good knack for embarrassing myself. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm usually not afraid to, you know, to, to put myself out there, even in embarrassing situations. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, it may not be a talent, but I'm pretty good at it.
0: <laughs> nice. All right. we'll, we'll go with that. All right. So the last one and probably the most heavy, and, and I'm not saying there's a wrong answer, but, there's a a best answer. I'll, I'll say that. Okay. But who is the greatest professional wrestler of all time?
1: Ooh, oh man, all time. Oh, that's a good question, man. Um, I I'm gonna say I, in my my childhood growing up, I loved Goldberg. Goldberg yeah. was my man. Um, yeah, it's- I loved. I loved like just a big jack dude when i was a kid you know muscular the yeah. spear was awesome um i i loved goldberg he was that was my idol when i was a kid
0: so give me your best goldberg impression
1: i i'm bald isn't that close enough
0: <laughs> uh, for some reason, i thought that's what you were going to say that is awesome Oh, man. Well, I mean, I, I, I didn't know if you were going to show us your abs or not. So but I'm just kidding.
1: Oh, uh, no, those, <laughs> those, those, <laughs> those disappeared a long time ago.
0: He, so <laughs> he had abs on top of that. So,
1: he uh, sure did. And traps. Massive traps.
0: Yes. Um, awesome, man. Well, listen, tell all of our listeners and viewers how they can get in touch with you. Um, yeah. and, and let's give them an opportunity to reach out if, if they've got questions or want to continue the conversation before I can have you back on for another show.
1: Absolutely. Um, I would love to talk to anybody who has questions or concerns or wants to do, you know, wants to to learn more about mental health or just their program in general. Um, You can reach me um, at my desk, which the area code is 816-308-4556. If you would rather correspond via email, uh, my email address is Jason, J-A-Y-S-O-N-C at MillerCares.com.
0: Awesome and, and you're on LinkedIn as well, right?
1: I am I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I mean you can you can Google me. I'll 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 show up somewhere.
0: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Man, I definitely enjoyed it. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I look forward to having you again.
1: Thanks, Monty. I really appreciate being here. It was great to great to speak with you today and would love to come back.
0: Awesome.